This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Versed is men's activewear that's built to be comfortable, functional and stylish. Their versatile clothing is made from fabrics that flex and fit perfectly for any activity, whether it's at the gym or on the go. Versed is fit for living, and these wardrobe staples are sure to be your favorite things to wear. Versed is available at Dick's Sporting Goods, or get 15% off regular price items when you go to VRST.com and use the promo code PODCAST15, all in caps. That's PODCAST15, all capital letters. On August 25th, I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that's ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. I'm Iron Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really going to have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of That Mill Podcast, edition number nine of the 22-23 season. Joining myself, Omer, I've got to my right-hand side, Mr. Joe Zampa. Hello, mate. Hiya. How you doing? You all right? Very well, thank you, mate. Not too bad. Good Completing good. the trio, we've got uh, Chris joining us. How you doing, mate? You good? Hello, mate. Good evening. Yeah, good, thanks. How are you? Not too bad. One win, one loss, and another loss in the middle for Millwall in the Cup. I mean, it's a bit up and down, but aside from that, it's classic Millwall, right, Chris? <laughs> yes, mate. Um, full of ups and downs, I think. Um, bipolar Millwall, I like to call it. Um, mm-hmm. But look, this it's important for us to not get too high when we win and not to get too low when we lose. It's two games. 
we're not really going to know where we are in terms of benchmarking probably till about 10 to a dozen games in. So uh, roll on the weekend. That's it, we're on the weekend indeed. I think what we'll do in today's show, we're going to talk a bit about the last couple of games and the general consensus and mood. And then we'll talk about Saturday going into another home game, hopefully three points from Mill against Coventry City. And then we'll do a bit about transfers at the end as well. Obviously been linked with a few players and see, you know, well, we've been linked with a couple of players in the last couple of weeks, but hopefully we can get some more uh, transfers over the line as well. So we'll give our opinions on them too as well. So we'll go straight into the show. If you're new around here, be sure to like the video, subscribe if you're new and let's crack on with part number one. All right, first part of the show. Uh, I did say we'll just talk a bit about our general moods. I think, Chris, I came to you already and asked you about, you know, the, the, our bipolar middle. I think me and Mickey had a couple of shows last year called Bipolar Middle. And I think, Joe, is that the kind of general consensus from you too, mate? I mean, a bit chalk and cheese, weren't it, the last week or so? Yeah, I mean, in, in contrast to uh, to the Stoke game, it's a complete turnaround, isn't it? I mean, we're, we're all singing about how, how great we are and how we're going to get promoted. And we talk about how... Yeah, how great our, our, our bench was and, and the strength and depth we had of, of players available to us. And then suddenly we're playing uh, yeah, Sheffield United. It's all doom and gloom. We're not going to get promoted. We ain't got enough players. We need you know, players in. And yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a real, real shame. It probably didn't help much with the Cambridge result. Um, mm. But like Chris said earlier, you know, still early. Um, got a few more few more games for us to kind of get back into the, uh, the thick of it. And hopefully over the next sort of two, two or three matches, we'll probably get a better idea of where our season's going to head towards. And um, starting with with Saturday, of course, against uh, against uh, Coventry. I haven't really, um, I don't think I've done a show since the Cambridge game, but I've been to all three games. And I went into the game against Cambridge with real kind of hope and optimism after that good 2-0 win over Stoke. And I was like, right, let's try and win this 4-5-0 tonight, lads. Have that real kind of confidence feeling. And that feeling went within 30 seconds when Bradshaw was running through on goal on the right-hand side and has an aimless shot from about 20 yards out on the right side of the box. Goes flying over the bar, flying over the stand, and then he falls to the ground and pit holes the stands up holding his groin. And it was at that exact second where I'm like, right, this has brought back down to earth to proper Millwall way. Like, I was like, right, <laughs> that's it now. He tries to sprint up the pitch about 20 yards and he stops and he hits the ground. I'm like... Right, that's it. So I think we was brought back down to earth really that day, weren't we, Chris? And that, that's kind of just that's that's Millwall reminding you don't get too far ahead of yourself when it comes to this football club. Yeah, exactly, mate. You, you're hitting the nail on the head. I think um, if I'm being honest, I don't really care that we went out of the cup. Um, I don't really care that we lost one nil to a, a, a League One side. A lot of people seem to think Cambridge are League Two. That by the way, they're not. They're, they're a League mm. One side, and they're not a bad outfit. Um, it's, I guess, the repercussions from that game of the injuries, like you talked about with Bradshaw, the Honeyman sending off. Although a lot of people saying, oh, we, we really missed Honeyman against Sheffield United, but he played one game for us. So let's let's not sort of say how much we miss him. When in reality, we don't really know too much about what he brings. Mm -hmm. um, I think, again, it's really difficult to work out whether or not we were really, really, really bad against Sheffield United. And of course, there were certain mistakes that were made that were unforgivable um or they were just a very 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 good team um and again we won't know until we're sort of a little bit later on in the season but let's just remind ourselves they've got Sander Berger who is one of if not the best player in the league in my opinion mm -hmm. Ndiaye quality player the uh the fella they signed at right center back um who I think was their man of the match I'm not even going to begin to pronounce his name but he looked very useful as well. So it's um, 
the, the kind of raw emotion Saturday night for me was a little bit like, oh no, what's going on here? But actually, when you take a little bit of time to process it, um, you then sort of turn a corner and you really start looking forward to Saturday. That's it. I think, um, I'm not going to lie, 30, 35 minutes in, 40 minutes in, there's a penalty. I don't even stay upstairs to watch the penalty. I'm not, I'll go straight to the bar at that point. I was like, 2 0 down. I'm like, there's a penalty. I was like, I'm going downstairs. Just get, go get a beer. And then Bart turns out to save it, which is obviously great. But I think that first half, Joe, I, I know you, I think you said you tried to grab bits of it because obviously you can get up there, mate. But I, I just felt like we gave him too much respect at the same time on Saturday against Sheffield United. Obviously, as Chris said, they've got loads of good players in there. And Sander Berg is like, if he wasn't for his injury last season and he had a bit more pace, he'd probably be in the Premier League. You know, he's, he's a top player. Um, I just felt like we gave him too much respect on Saturday. And obviously, he didn't get off to a good start. And that was kind of all she wrote, I suppose, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it's it's a bit of both, really, isn't it? I mean, we didn't get off to a great start. We weren't playing the way we play against Stoke. There was no real energy in our midfield. Um, obviously, I know Honeyman's only played one one game for us, but already he kind of showed us um, what he's about. And it kind of inspires and lifts the, uh, the rest of the team because when he's pressing and chasing players, they all kind of follow suit a little bit. Um and looking at the game, it's it seemed like Sheffield United did to us what we did to Stoke. You know, we looked very flat. So did, so did Stoke at the time we played against them. Um, they were winning all the 50-50s. They were, they were everywhere, all over us, swarming us you know, to win the ball back off. That's what we did against Stoke. So it's a tough one. I think it's a bit of bit of both, really. So our, our performance was was not, not good, not good at all. Um, but Sheffield United are quite clearly a good side. Um, seemed very, very comfortable on the ball, very, very confident. And uh, once they kind of go, go a goal ahead, of course, their, their, their tails are up and they're really kind of go full throttle on us. And um, yeah, you know, thanks to, uh, to Bart save, it could have been a lot, a lot worse, couldn't it? Definitely. I think um, I think we saw, I think I've got the team nailed on, apart from the fact Leonard was missing out through tonsillitis. And like I thought, well, right, we're going to kind of pack it in, pack the midfield, kind of sit deep and hope for a counter-attack. But I felt like at times on Saturday, we saw the problem we've got when we have someone like Bennett and a phobia up front, Chris, where we've got no outlet. Like, there's no one to go to. If you're leaving just them two up front, like, you're playing at balls over the top. A phobia didn't really look too interesting on Saturday for me, but he never looks interesting in the first place. So I can't really give him criticism for that. And I know a lot of people said that online about him too, but it's like, when have you ever seen a phobia interested in a game? Like, especially when it's, you know, we don't have a lot of the ball. It's like, it's to be expected from him. But... I think we saw on Saturday, like, we need something different up top. And that's, I think, 100% for sure, in my opinion. Uh, 100%. I think um, we'll, we'll come on to sort of transfer rumours and things towards the end of the show. But we need, for me, someone, probably a player that in most recent years, probably Lee Gregory is probably the most similar to what I think we need, which is someone that who can run the channels, but also can win those headers, can hold the ball up, can bring other players into play. Because that is not Bennett and Afobi's strength. Uh, Bradshaw, actually, for someone not, not exactly big, is not too bad at it. But we we need like a bit of a mobile, powerful target man. Um, mm. I'm not saying Gregory was that. I'm just saying he was probably the most similar to it in recent years. Um, and that was evident. Because when you're playing a team like Sheffield United at a full of quality, that are going to have lots of the ball, you need that outlet. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, you just come straight back, and when we saw that uh, a lot on Saturday, so um, but it is about perspective, you know. I've seen a lot of tweets from Sheffield United fans, and and you know, it's um, we're sitting here thinking, you know, we were terrible, we were rubbish, we made loads of mistakes, it could have been loads more, 
a lot of Sheffield United fans are thinking we've just beaten a very good team 2-0 and we need to be really happy with that. So it, it really does, uh, you know, um, depends on what kind of side of the coin you're looking at things. But Joe, I think um, what what um, what changes would you make given the squad we've got for Saturday? Um, you know, what what sort of would you make any changes to that starting eleven? I mean, straight away, um, Honeyman's back, isn't he? Is it just a one-game suspension he served? He's back, yeah, so, he's back. Yeah, if anything, I think that's going to make a huge difference immediately. And you like to think he'll probably go into that number 10 role. Um, the casualty midfield is who would miss out out of Shackleton, Mitchell and Saville, because we all agree that Saville played really well against Sheffield United last week. Um I would like to see Savile and Mitchell, maybe, um, and then Honeyman ahead of them. Again, in the attacking options, we're a little bit limited at the moment. I think you've got to start with Bennett again and, and a phobie, Um, with the option of Bury coming on. I'd like to sort of see Bury playing on the shoulder a bit more uh, in, in the forward front, one of the front two places, maybe on the left side. So let's say he starts with Bennett and a phobie, and a phobie maybe sort of 60, 70 minutes in, take Bennett off, put Bury wide left in that kind of forward attacking position, obviously keep Honeyman in number 10. And then you've got the um, the opportunity to use Bury's pace, play on the shoulder of, of the defender and hopefully counter-attack and use his pace to kind of get him behind the defence. I think that was that was lacking in the uh, in the last in the last game. Um and that might be something we could probably we can do. But as as for the defensive areas um, there's lots of talk about Malone not quite playing to his potential, uh, as we know how well he can play. So there's an option there. You kind of mix it up a little bit, maybe put Murray Wallace left wing back. Uh, we've seen Cresswell can play the left side of that um, back three. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe bring Hutch back in on the right side, Cooper in the middle. So if there were any changes, I would probably say maybe bring Hutch in if he's fit. Um, Honeyman comes in. And then maybe Shackleton and Malone lose out and go on, onto the bench. Just kind of mix it and shake up a little bit <clears throat> compared to um, how it was the last game. I think I agree with you there. Um, I, I think um, for last one, kind of thought from Saturday, I agree with you about the Savile shout. Cause I, I don't think he's a double 10, though, but I think he had a lot of the ball and done well with it. And there's at times where he almost threaded a pass through in the second half that sticks to the memory as well. Yeah. Um, and it, you know he put he, he put he made an effort I think and that was what's I don't think I don't mm. think all, I think all the players made an effort but you could tell Savile was quite keen to make an impression I felt like as well in the game um, but I feel like with a lot of people criticised uh, Creswell on Saturday which is obviously like everyone's kind of gone with the whole hero to zero kind of tag on him um, I don't think he was helped a lot by Cooper on Saturday though chaps like I thought he, he was he was really poor I think it just he didn't get off to a good start. Like, you know, we had a lot of the ball in the first five, ten minutes after like, the start of the game. And then that kind of, that foul in the build-up was spoke about a lot for the first goal. And then just kind of, that was all she wrote from there. But I, I think it'd be interesting to see if he if he brings Hutch back in. And Chris, do you agree with Joe there? Like, maybe moving Malone out of the side? Or how would you go about it if he was going to try and fit Hutch back in this side? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't argue against uh, what, what Joe said. I'd, I'd happily take that. I think... If I was to look at it purely on Saturday and it had to be a casualty, it would be Cooper, if I'm mm. honest. I thought Cooper was really poor. Um, yes, it was a foul for the first goal, but he's six foot five, six foot six, an absolute tank. He's got he's got to do better than that. He's got to be stronger. Um the the tackle 
that gave away the penalty was ridiculous. Uh, I don't know what he was doing. And there was a couple of times as well where he needlessly gave the ball away. So I thought he was was poor. And I, I don't know. I, I'm not Malone's biggest fan, as you boys will know. But I do think he gives us a slightly more attacking option, which I think we will need, especially at home game. So mm-hmm. I'm half tempted to actually take Cooper out to show that he is droppable. Um and um, bring Hutch back in. Obviously, you've got a leader back in the side and leave Malone where he is. Um, but I wouldn't argue against the other way as well. But f- for me, I agree, Honeyman comes back in. Um, and I think just about Shackerton should be the casualty. Is there an element... Um, I-, I agree also that I want to get Hutch back in the side because I feel like we missed his leadership, especially at Bramwell Lane. Like, but is there an element of maybe we're uh, not overreacting, but is there a case of like, why break it when it's just a one-off game? Do we, do we kind of trust the team to claw themselves back out of that poor performance last weekend? I mean, obviously, Honeyman, I think we all say, is going to come back in. Um, but I think it's easy and tempting. Like We've all played football match for, for example. You lose three or four nil. You're going to make changes, like for some, you know, this is, you know, do you back the players to the, the character in the side to bounce back on Saturday, regardless of what teams played? Maybe I don't know what you think, Joe, about that. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, um, you know, striking can't can't hit twice, can it? Say the same place, and um, hopefully the same group of players, yeah, you know, if they're picked to play, could you know very very well go on to play really well against commentary and, and do a, do a good job and. The players we kind of picked out in a kind of negative sort of way might shine and, and do do very very well, um, but we're not just looking at one game. I think even if you consider the Stoke match, um, Malone wasn't that great. I think in pre-season he hasn't exactly been yeah. that, mm. that that prolific or, or that good going going forward. You know his distribution's been a little bit poor. He kind of gives the ball away a few times. He's not really creating a lot of uh, attacking options for us. So. If there was any changes being made, I don't, I don't feel that's a major worry for us. If we took him out and put Murray there, and like uh, Chris said, we can then bring Hutch in potentially, and like yourself, say that with a bit more, yeah, a bit more kind of uh, captaincy, if you like someone who's going to kind of marshal defence a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean Cooper again. I feel a bit sorry for him. I mean he's had some some good games. He doesn't r- often have bad games. I just feel that the player that he was up against against um, Sheffield United was a, a very kind of fast, small, agile type of striker. I think he struggles with that. He's almost chasing shadows there, isn't he? Whereas um, when he's playing against you know taller, stronger um, target, maybe like he seems to come back very, very well against them and, and defends quite well against them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so maybe I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too hasty to kind of um, take take Cooper out in a minute. But certainly, I think Malone could do with a rest. And I, and I really like Malone. Um, but I think he could do it with a couple of weeks out just to kind of fresh things up a little bit. Should we talk a bit about Coventry? I mean, obviously, they've not they've only played one game this season. and They couldn't yeah. play last weekend. Are they playing in the Cup? Are they meant to play tonight or tomorrow or something? Because he got moved to yeah. got moved to Burton. I can't remember when the game's going to get played. But obviously, their preparation coming into Saturday is skewered nonetheless. And a bit of kind of unrest there. Um, and no Callum O'Hare either, which for me is a godsend, Chris. I think, uh, you know, he's, he's out with a hamstring injury. Like, he's always the one to look out for there. And I think Guy Corres has been linked with a move to Everton today, I saw their striker. So it's not the most kind of preparation-based idealness for them, I suppose you could say. No, absolutely. Um, and, um, yeah, I, I hope that um, uh, Victor Gorkoresh, or however you pronounce it, 
he's not in the starting lineup because, as you say, he's been linked with Everton. I think Middlesbrough have made a bit of an audacious bid for him because they've got a load of cash as well, following the sales of Tavernier and Spence. So mm-hmm. um, we should get a, an understrength Coventry side, but let's be honest, we're not at full strength either, given the injuries uh, that we have for, for Fleming and Bradshaw. So um, they play good football, Coventry. They knock the ball about a lot. I, I, I seem to remember, I don't know if it was last season at home where they'd done us quite comfortably. I can't remember mm-hmm. if it was last season or season before. Um, they got some other useful players across the pitch. Ben Sheaf's a good central midfielder. They got Dabo down the right hand side, who annoys me that we haven't signed him because he's a local lad. Um, yeah. They've got some good players. They're not going to be, um, they're not, it's not going to be easy. Um, but I think watching them against Sunderland, it shows that they are vulnerable and that we can get at them. Um, but they're bringing a lot of fans as well. I think I've seen that they've got the top and bottom tier and they've they've sold like almost 2,000 tickets, which is surprising. <laughs> yeah. So um, They're, they're yeah. currently losing 4-1 to Bristol City today as well. So they are playing right now and they're losing 4-1 to Bristol City. <laughs> so, and, you know, like I was saying, there's a, lot, there's a bit of unrest there, I suppose, you know. So it, it could be... I don't know. It could be a good time to play them or not. It's double edged, like you're saying there, Chris. I suppose with the crowd as well. I think it's a it's a it's a really key. Um, we, we've got a few games coming up against teams, and I think it will it will really determine some of these teams' season. Mm-hmm. So we've got Coventry. Obviously, there's a bit of unrest around the players and the pitch. We've got Swansea, who have had a really poor start to the season, and. There's actually certain calls for Russell Martin to go to say that his football is well. That's pretty on the eye. It causes too many too many issues. You've got mm-hmm. Norwich that haven't had the best start to the season. So, you know, the next three games are going to be, you know, really interesting to see how we fare against these teams because I feel like all of them are under a lot of pressure. Um, but what sort of not getting ahead of myself, but Joe, what sort of points tally do you think we should be looking for from the next three games? What a question! Uh, <laughs> the thing is, you know, nothing will surprise you. We could, we could, we could, you know, restruggle, draw, lose the next sort of three games. We can go on a an unbeaten run, couldn't we? And draw and win, win them all as well. So um, it's very sort of difficult to sort of say. But you're right. I think if we're going to play either of these teams at the moment, now is probably a good time to play them. I think all the teams seem to be yeah. quite low on confidence. Um, I don't know about you, but I always feel a bit kind of worried when I play. We play Coventry. I think I'm a little bit sort of thinking reminiscence of the last time we played them at home, and they, and they kind of smashed us, didn't they? They played really well, and they actually absolutely played us off the park. Although we've got a result at their ground, I think from memory. So um, yeah, I'm quite confident that we'll, we'll do all right against them on Saturday. But like I said, if, if they you know come out and they and they do toss what Sheffield United um, did, I wouldn't be too too surprised because obviously they're a quality team. But uh, again, confidence is key. And um, I think they struggled against Sunderland they last last week, week before, when they, they played them away. Um, they drew 1-1. And I think Sunderland, to be fair, probably deserved to win that game. Um, and again, they're, they're losing tonight. Like, okay, it's only it's a cup game, isn't it, tonight? Yeah, it's can't go against Bristol City. They're losing tonight. So yeah. we don't, we're already too much into that. They could be playing, you know, they're under 23s or they're fringe players, which is what Rowett probably should have done against Cambridge. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it could go either way, can't it? And I know the, the thing is, I think we'll, we'll be surprised whichever way it goes. Um, we 
Oh, you didn't give your point prediction, by the way. So we need to get your points, Tally, because they're definitely from you. But uh, you keep referring to the time we get thrashed by them. I remember as well, we lost 4-0 to them in 2015 when we first got relegated to League One. I don't know if you remember, Adam Armstrong scored like a, a chip mm. over four from like 30 yards and was thrown all down after 25 minutes. And that's the one that always sticks in memory for me too. Um, <laughs> and I think also... Yeah, Did they change Madison that day as well? They might have done. Actually, let me have a look for you because I've got the teams here. I'm sure they did because I, yeah. I remember seeing them and I was like, "This kid is going to be yeah, he absolutely bossed yeah. the field." I'm sure it was Coventry he was at before he went to Norwich. It's actually a really good team at the time. To be fair, it was uh, Madison and Armstrong up front, and then you got wow. John Fleck in midfield who played against us last Saturday for Sheffield United and went to play in the mm-hmm. Premier League. So it, it's a solid, solid team. To be fair, so yeah, mm. I mean. That, that is your good knowledge, by the way. I didn't think I, I always think of Armstrong that game, Chris. But I suppose Madison playing there too, and look what he's gone on to do. So it's interesting. But come on, Joe, you're not getting away with it. So what was Chris, saying, Chris, saying, Chris asked a question. Swansea and Norwich. Yeah, Swansea in the way, yeah, Norwich away, and Norwich away. at home Saturday. Okay. Um, I'm trying to let my heart warm my head here on this one, but I'm going to go for a home win against Coventry. I think we need it, and I think we'll get it with Honeyman back in the team again. Um, I think we will probably draw against. Um, is it Swansea next after that? Sorry, or Tuesday night? Yeah, Swansea, yeah, yeah, and that's away, isn't it? As well, again, I keep getting flashbacks when we played them last time, and then we played them at home towards the end of the last season, and they they played really well against us, didn't they? Um, you told me we spoke about that game before, I'm sure, Joe, a couple of weeks ago, and you told me they didn't play us off the park, they had one well, chance of the game. And then I said to you, there was 700 passes or something stupid. They, they, you went, they didn't, oh, they yeah, didn't have that, that many passes. I know, but they did pass the ball around the, around the defensive line. The <laughs> they, they didn't really attack our third our, our area. I think on the counter attack, they had a fast yeah. pace support, didn't they? That caused a bit of trouble, but they didn't really create too many. What I was really frustrated is that it's whether they just kind of passed the ball around the game. Um, and it wasn't until but come on that we actually had someone who's actually going to press them mm-hmm. and challenge them a little bit. But up until that point, it was embarrassing, you know. Um, the days when we had pace in the team, I know, <laughs> I know, God, what I do for, for Ollie Burke now, eh? Um, but now I'm gonna go for a Home win against Coventry. I'm going to go for a loss against Swansea, and I think a draw against Norwich. Show us that four points. Four points. One of each. That's what frustrated me about Saturday because I thought hindsight's an amazing thing, but I thought Saturday was our winnable game out of the away games we've got for some reason. I was like, Sheffield United, hopefully nick a result there. Mm-hmm. And then you go, we'll probably get popped off the pitch against Swansea because they pass, 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 and we don't keep up with that. Then we'll probably lose at Norwich because it's on TV, it's at Carrow Road. We never win at Carrow Road. And then we'll get beat quite comfortably by Vincent Company's Burnley. That was my logic to the away games this month. And then, we need, and then we'll win all our home games though, so we'll be all right with that. But. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll go with you. I'll go four points, but I think we'll get the point at Carrow Road as well and we'll really? probably lose to Swansea, yeah. yeah. I've got, I mean, I'm, I'm driving to Swansea. Don't ask me why, but I'm going to Swansea next Tuesday. So, wow. yeah, I know, yeah, four hours mate. each way. <laughs> £32.50 for the ticket and all, but that's another story. Yeah. <laughs> go, on, Chris. go on, Chris. What's your predictions for the next three, mate? I, I was going to go one of each, um, to be honest. <clears throat> I think we'll um we'll beat Coventry, we'll get a point at Swansea after going behind. Um and I think Norwich would have found their mojo by the time we play them and we'll get beaten quite comfortably. Um I'm not even gonna talk about Burnley. <laughs> um but uh the I think something that contributes to that is the congestion of the fixtures to play away at Swansea on a Tuesday night 
and then to mm. go to Norwich, well, I don't even know what the mileage is between those two places, only three days later and play, I think is absolutely right. ridiculous. Especially when... One, one part of, of the UK to, to the other almost, isn't you? Like from west to east, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know how three games been... in six days as well, and also the heat wave as well. Like well, the players will be shattered after Saturday, won't they? So there's more to it, right? I mean, You've got to think, I suppose. A, a small, you know, thin squad, anyway. I mean, I have seen mm. rumours today um, of us possibly asking for Swansea to be moved. I don't know how true they are. They're just on social media and stuff. So um, I think it'd be a wise decision. Actually, I know it'd be a good time to play them, um, but if we don't get more bodies in and bodies that are fit and ready to go then it, it maybe it's a maybe it's an option for us but yeah i think i'll take six points but you know head says probably one of each and we're not before i think um an interesting question though like our season probably shouldn't be judged on the barometers of sheffield united burnley no. west brom you know who else we can remember missing out on that list? You know Norwich, but these four teams, four or five teams that are like going to be a cut above us this year. We just we're aiming for that last position, the best of the rest, mm. aren't we? I suppose. So like you almost kind of think write these games off because, like, especially away from home, like, the, like Norwich will have too much for us against us, and Burnley will have too much for us against us. Like we always struggle in these sort of games, don't we, Chris? I mean, am I being a bit naive there? Obviously, you want to try and punch above your weight, but. Especially away from home, where teams move the ball really quick. You go from one side to the other. Within four seconds, they'll free your defence and they're scoring. It's like it's hard to keep up with sometimes. Especially when you've got players like Sanderberg, you know, players that like um, Pookie up front for Norwich, and then you look at Burnley yeah. and they've still got Josh Brownhill in the side who's doing really well at Championship level. And then they've got you know Ashley Barnes up front. These are good players, ain't they? They're Premier League players almost. They are, in my opinion. They are. Um... And, and, and I agree. The only thing I would say is, you know, Wigan went to Norwich and got a draw. Mm. I mean, they, they were winning, you know, at, at the weekend. So it, it is doable. Um, I do worry about our waveform in general because, you know, why is it that we can't perform? And all right, it's one away game this season. I'm not going to count Cambridge. So let's not get too ahead of ourselves. But if we look at the stark contrast from last season with all the fans back in the this summer, L.L. Bean invites you to simply step outside and enjoy the fresh air and sunshine. We'll be your guide with tips and advice to get more out of every moment outdoors. Here's one. Set yourself up for easy backyard adventures by leaving a tote bag with the essentials right by the door. Sunscreen, bug spray, and a few hats or pairs of sunglasses. Now you'll never need to search your house to find them. For more fun ideas, easy how-tos, and inspiring stories, visit llbean.com guide. On August 25th, I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. 
Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Dig, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. Um, I am like... And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really gonna have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. Stadium. Why is it that we can't perform away from home? Is it a Rowett problem and the way he sets up? The way he talks and the way he says he needs to address it would suggest that he doesn't... Well, the way it comes across is that, to me, he doesn't actually change too much, but I could be wrong. Is it a mentality thing from the players that they can't deal with the pressure or the get themselves up for these games? I don't know. But something needs to change because whilst I totally agree the games away at Norwich, Sheffield United, Burnley, they're not games that we should be looking at as bankers to win, but we should be putting on better Millwall-type performances with higher energy like we do at home? I think, it, think? it boils a little bit down to, um, I think, how we're drilled a little bit because we're in games to stay in games. Like uh, We don't go into games to try and play teams off the park. It's either at home, it's yeah. up and at them, um, win set pieces, force the occasion and force that ball over the line by sheer will determination. Where if you look at like someone like Nottingham Forest last year, they had a really just like a, a strong set of uh, players that were well-drilled and well-coached and like, had patterns to play. I couldn't tell you a middle pattern of play. A middle pattern of play is get out wide to the wing backs, maybe, and hope for the best. Corner. Like, yeah, like there's <laughs> there's no pattern of play to um, to middle at all. I don't think like, and that's probably a downside. But at the same time, we've got enough players to try and grind games out. I guess I don't know what you think, Joe. It's it's an interesting one. Yeah, I mean, last season we saw him you know, go out sort of tinker with the tactics and the formations a bit, didn't we? I mean. He was, he was very stuck on playing five at the back or three at the back, what you want to call it. But he kind of changed it from two midfield and then three up front, if you like, with the wide guys and one centre forward. Um, and then afterwards, he kind of settled on, through injury, I think, he settled on two forwards with a, a number 10 behind. Um, and it seemed to work. You know, it kind of turned our season around almost, that, that, that new formation, new tactic. Um and I hate kind of I hate hate keep hate keep saying it, but you know that person's no longer there anymore, and you know what I'm talking about here. And um, you know I just really hope we don't miss him too much. I mean I watched him the other night for West Brom against um, I can't remember it was like they drew one one against someone Watford. Watford, that was it. And I looked at him and I thought he looks so good. Man, and, you, and you know as much you don't want to sort of like you know him sort of struggle or do badly there. You want, want the best for him, of course you do, but you kind of want him to mess up a little bit. You want him to kind of like almost get, you know, drafted out the team a little bit, get on the bench, you know, mm-hmm. and then we, we might be able to get him back again. Who knows, you know, but he looks good. The fans are watching, I was reading the comments on Twitter afterwards and they absolutely loved him. Talk about how great he was and how they'd be crying for someone like him. He was a breath of fresh air. The ball he's been whipping in, you know, into the box were fantastic. We've never had someone like play it like for a long time and, and I'm watching him thinking, so you know what we can do with him right now, you know. And, and I think he, he, he's, yeah, he, he makes a big difference. He makes us tick. He made us, um, you know, create stuff. We're being set pieces. Yeah, he was a threat on on a counter attack. And um, much as we would like to think that we've got Fleming and Honeyman is going to come in and and we're going to soon forget about him. I just don't think we can replace him. 
And my worry, my concern is, I've got no concern about us getting relegated this season. I don't think that's going to happen. But I think we're going to struggle this season because we just seem to lack this kind of, you know, magical kind of person who's, who's going to open up the fences, create things, you know, whether it be a cross or something or a shot, I don't know what it would be. But yeah, hopefully we can, we can sign one or two players that'll make a bit, of, a bit of a difference for us. But at the minute, I'm a little bit sort of deflated um, because, yeah, Fleming's injured. And uh, we haven't really seen enough of Honeyman yet, but I'm hoping we'll be um, pleasantly surprised um, over the next sort of uh, few games, hopefully. I hope we will be. Um, I, I do think we will be too, On I think, on Saturday in particular. Like, I think our home form will be a banker. Like, I, I ha- It has to be if we're going to do well this season. Mm-hmm. Um, before we move on to what we're looking for, what we're missing in the side, should we just do a quick prediction of what the score's going to be on Saturday? Um, I'll go first. I'll go 1-0 Millwall. I think we'll score from a set play. Who gets it? I'm undecided, but that's what I'll go for. Um, Joe, what do you reckon for Saturday, mate? I was going to say one nil as well. Um, I think we'll just get over the line. I think it'll be dogged and we'll just yeah. do the job. And normally, I would probably say a game like that. I'd probably say like two one or something. But I think, given our defensive displays against Sheffield United, you know they're going to be working on this in training during the week. Um, Cooper's going to know if he gets picked to play, he's going to have to play really, really well. Cresswell the same, you know. He, He's had a bit of bit of stick uh, for his mistakes, so of course he's going to make sure that he's performing in front of the home fans and he gives it his all. He's going to be focused. So I think defensively, I think we might be all right um, on Saturday, but I just still can't see where the goal is going to come from. Um, so it'll either be nil nil. I'm hoping we're one nil, but yeah, we'll go one nil. Go on, Chris. I'll go two one. Um, I think they'll score, um, but I think. We will come out with a bit of an up and at approach, um, and we'll we'll just get across the line. Um, back to the point there about uh, thou who should not be named. We we just we don't have anyone that has got a moment of brilliance in them, which is what he had that carried us through certain periods of of the last few seasons. We beat teams or will beat teams this season because we will outrun them, we will outfight them. It's not because we've got players that are better than them, in my opinion. If I look at even Coventry, let's take Coventry, Callum O'Hare, £10 million player, you know, and, that, and that's a fact because that's what offers have been made for him. Gorkares, £10 million player. We don't have those. And that's a team that arguably we finished above last season and we should be looking to do again this season. Blackburn, got Barrett and Diaz. You know, like everyone seems to have players that are, you know, maybe Fleming in a year or two's time will be that player. But at the moment, we don't have that. We just have, you know, honest, decent players at this level, but no, no, no standout stars. And I think that's why, unless we had a few more bodies, I'm with Joe. I think it could be, um, I mean, I predicted us to finish 10th. So that's kind of kind of where I'm at. But what do we need then, boys, eh? What do we need? Yeah, but on that point quickly, um, is it too simplistic to say, Callum Hare looks a good player at Coventry side because they've got a good coach in Mark Robbins that is good football and it caters to them. Mm. But if you look at our side, our best assets are our defenders because our defenders are made to look good on our side. Like I, I, I don't know, is that too simplistic way to put it? I, I if you if you pick up um, Mason Bennett and he's put him in that, in that Coventry side, is mm. he worth more money in a season than he is when he plays for Millwall? I, I, I don't think know. The point, the point you kind of mentioned there, it kind of made me think just that second is. You look at Mark Robbins, you know, back in the day, I remember him as, as, a, as a striker of Man United and he was a great goal scorer, you know, very, very attacking minded. 
Um, and that's obviously going to rub off on, on players, you know, as probably Neil Harris did when he was coaching Millwall. We were very kind of attack-minded and he liked our scoring goals. But when you look at our coaching setup at the moment, you know, Rowett was a defender, Adam Barrett was a defender. I think we've got um, Robson at the moment as a defender. Um, we, we don't seem to have many attacking coaches, do we? Mm-hmm. Um, and and that, that worries me a little bit, the fact that we haven't got any, anyone in the backroom staff that are, are attacking-minded, you know, so who's going to help our attacking players? And I just can't see how they're going to benefit our players by the lack of attacking coaches um, in the backroom team. Um, whether that will change, whether they're allowed to bring any more coaches in, I'm not quite sure. But I think that's a bit of a problem for us because I think defensively, we're pretty sound. You know, set pieces, we're not too bad either. But attacking-wise, I just think, I just think we, we're crying out for somebody that's going to come in there on a training pitch and just help our players and just help them be a bit more um, creative, a bit more attack-minded. What can you achieve when you've got three players up front on their own, though? Like, it's, just, it's, it's what I mean. Is it the way we play? Is it the formation? I think if you had Steve Cooper as manager of Millwall for a season, our players would be look at much easier on the eye than they do now. That's not me being critical, critical of Gary Rowett because Gary Rowett is a very pragmatic manager and he likes to stay in games and he, it suits us. If you put Chris Martin in charge of us for, for a season, how's he going to do Chris Martin or Russell Martin? I don't know what his name is now. I can't even remember. If you put Russell Martin. Chris Martin is from Coldplay, right? So not him, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Oh, that's it. Oh, if you put um, Liam Manning in charge from MK Dons that's got him kind of singing a tune in League One in charge of Millwall, I do think they look better, like, but I, I, it's like careful what you wish for, I suppose, because it suits us. It's, it's. Would we finish higher up in the table? We might look better. We may win it. games on the yeah. goals. The point is, would we finish higher in the table? So this is why it's always this: be careful yeah. what you wish for. Mm, just to come back to your point on the defenders, Omar. Um, I think we are blessed with some of the best defenders in the league. Genuinely, I do. Mm. However. Other clubs can't think it because if they did, they wouldn't still be here. That's my view of it. Like, That's true. When have we turned down any offer, big offers for Cooper? To my understanding, no, we haven't. Just, uh, just one, I think, it was a couple of years, three years ago, for Rangers. I think it was. Yeah, it three, four years ago, supposedly Rangers were sniffing around him. But <clears throat> that was rumours to be about five mil, I think, one at the time, I think. You see other championship defenders go for 10, 15 million. So, mm. I, I, listen, I, I'm, I'm quite happy about that because whether if they're going under the radar or maybe they're not mm. as good as we think they are, whatever, I don't mind because they're still here. Um, I, I guess I'm just saying that if the stats and, and the proof was in the pudding, they, they may not be. So, I um, think Hutchinson's always been injury prone. Uh, Jake Cooper's six foot five and can't kick a ball. Four, four feet yeah, going sideways. You know what I mean? So they've all got their drawbacks. Then when they when you look at them, really, I think Murray mm. Wallace is the most complete out of all of them. But maybe you could say he's a bit short for a centre half. I don't know. It's, it's it's an interesting debate we had there. Um, mm. I think you asked the question anyway, Chris. Um, what where, where do we need to improve? It's obviously everyone agrees up front. Joe done a poll for us, didn't you, mate? Or you done a poll online? <laughs> no, that was, was a waste of time. Right? <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ! I mean. I think we had like, is it 400 or 500 um, votes? And 99% of the vote was we all want attacking players. <laughs> and one person voted for a defensive player. That was Gary Rowett. Yeah, landslide, <laughs> mate. Landslide. And it's I true, I suppose. Keeper, yeah. but you didn't have keeper as an option. No, I, I should have done, actually. Just to kind of mix it up a little bit. But so we've, got, we've, got, we've got five contracted goalkeepers, two out on loan. So, like, I mean, <laughs> we're right there, right? <laughs> I think right. we need, I think. Uh, sorry. Go on, mate. Go on, you go. No, I was going to say, Joe, maybe you should do a poll 
that shows like, okay, established we need attackers. Uh, thank you for that. But what what type of attackers? You what know, so is, attackers? It, yeah. is it a nippy yeah. centre forward? Is it a big mobile target man? Is it a creative mm. wide man? Like, w- w- you know, because yeah. realistically, we we all sit in here, you know, and we'll talk about it in a minute and we'll yeah. put out our wish list. But you know what the club's like. We'll get one, yeah. maybe two tops. So if that's the case, mm. you there, yeah. You probably get one of them re- responding back saying we need a bit of everything, don't we? <laughs> Please sign yeah. the target man. It could play wide, it's fast, could finish. Do, do, do the whole shebang. That's probably what we're lacking at the moment. We're looking for someone who can, can do all of it, aren't we, really? You know? Well, yeah. a name from Germany today came out, Andreas Vogelsammer. Yeah. As close as I'm going to get to that. Do you know much about him? I mean, I'll be very surprised if you do. I mean, you, you, know, you know your stuff, but... Um... Can't pretend to do. I just know he plays <laughs> in Berlin. You can't like this one, can you? He plays in Berlin. I think he's in the second division in Germany at the minute, so... He looks like he's... a bit of a unit, though. He looks like a big, a big lump, doesn't he? Six foot three or four, I think he is. He's... he's... I already was quite did he? I, I could be wrong. Um, not from well, not from what I saw of him. He looks like he's, he's a bit of a unit. Um, I found it interesting that Alex Jones knew that then said, "Understand that Mill reports that Mill have completed the sign of Vogelsammer are wider the mark." So it's like I, I like the key terminology there. He says they so he's not denying that we're interested, right? Yeah. But he's saying that it's wider the mark that we've completed the signing for him. So I guess it's still time. It's still there's still happen. time. There's something can happen there. But I mean, Chris, mm. I think it's glaringly obvious we need a forward. But any names that you can think of that you you really want? I know you said a couple in the group chat recently, mate. So I'll give you the reign to say them now. Yeah, I mean. If I could sign one player, it would be Keenan Davis. I knew you'd say that. He said it about 700 times in the chat. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> I'm, just I'm finding actually scared for him. The, Keenan the, Davis. <laughs> if Keenan Davis signs for anybody else, he's going to be on suicidal watch for about two weeks. <laughs> we have to hide yeah, the knives do, uh, and you know, talk him down off the ledge. Yeah. <laughs> that Keenan Davis podcast. Um, <laughs> no, nah, he's... Um, He's one of the only players I've seen down and then in recent years that I've gone, me, this geezer looks good. Like he, mm-hmm. he's what you talked about. He's yeah, strong, everything. tall, powerful, mm-hmm. rapid, can play centrally, can play wide. Um, mm-hmm. He scored five in 15 last year for Forest. So one in mm-hmm. three, but that wasn't his only sort of role. Um, do I think we've got a hoping, you know, of, of getting him? No, I don't. I, I'd love to be wrong. Um I would imagine we're one of the clubs that are going in for him, but I would imagine that list is as long as, you know, mm. the other half's Christmas list. But um, he's the, the the number one for me. Mm. Uh, and he, he kind of fits what I think we're lacking at the moment. Mm. But, Do you um, not think that would be a loan? Because um, he, he's obviously, he's, he's, he's with um, contract with Villa, isn't he, at the moment, isn't he? I'm not sure how long his contract is. But I'd be surprised for him to see him go. I mean, I, I know he had a loan at Forest last season, but... Surely they might want to go out one more time on loan. I don't know whether they just feel he's not quite good enough for the, for the Premiership. It would definitely be a loan, hundred percent. It would be a loan. He's um, there are a lot again, just rumours, but there are rumours that um, Forrest got quoted fifteen million to to buy him. Really? Um, wow. Okay. Um, and the reason they haven't pursued that is because he's actually been injured over the summer and he's only just coming back to fitness. So, okay. um, yeah. He he'd be he'd be the 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 one. Um, Do you know who's a free agent? Do you know who's a free agent and fits that mold as well? I want to put it out there, Tom Elliott. 
He was a bit quick. He was tall. He, he could put it back. Jesus Good finish, though. He, he's a league one. I suppose Killian Davis is the championship version of what Tom Elliott was maybe for League One, League Two level without mm. trying to put. Bloody Sunday League, mate. You're yeah. He scored a couple of good goals against us for Wimbledon and all. That's, I think that was exactly why Harris was impressed by him and yeah. signed him. So I remember, I remember um, talking yeah. to a guy at the kebab shop once when he, when he signed for us, and uh, <laughs> he, he was distraught. He was like, "Oh, he's been our best player. Oh, you guys, you're so lucky to have him." I was, I was getting quite excited until like halfway through the season, thinking, "What the fuck is this guy doing?" Like, do you know what I mean? This is the insight people tune in for. This is the insight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kebab shop talk. He did score against Leeds as well, Chris. You're right, mate. mate yeah. he, he he earned his um, yeah. You know, he scored the. I'm sure it was the the free free goal. Um, it was, yeah. And then uh, Jed scored the winner. Um, what day that was? But yeah. I mean, she's made with um, him, please. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also going to say, see how good, see how good it looks on the right hand side as well, lads. We overcomplicate things by playing in the middle. Leave him the right to do his magic. Just, but he's got pe- he's got people to put away the service now and all. That's the difference. So, uh, yeah. for God's sake, right. Jed. Carol <laughs> DK is. Uh, I don't. He, he's another sort of. That mould, isn't he, of, of big, powerful, strong, can put the ball away. It's that kind of player that I think we're missing that would work well for our system. Would I love a Michael Wobber Femi, you know, someone who's rapid that plays on that? But I just don't think we play that kind of football, to be no. honest. Um, do, you know who, do you know who would suit us and is a name? That I don't I don't want him, by the way, and I, and I wouldn't want to touch him with a barge pole, but I just feel like we end up with him. Lyle Taylor. I, I, I could see us signing Lyle Taylor, I'll be honest. I could see really? it. I'm just putting it out there now. That'll be oh, the under, that'll be the underwhelming signing we make. He's making up numbers at Nottingham Forest. They'll probably sign another striker. Exactly. They'll mm. probably sign another striker. He'll get loaned out, and Mill will go in for him. And that is a signing we'll make. I'm going to say it right now. I know, I know it sounds like ridiculous to even think about. We'll sign Lyle Taylor on loan deadline day. Would he want to sign for us? Did didn't he? Didn't he, um, he was a youth boy. He got a bit of flack, didn't he, from us when, when we sort of played against them before? And he, he used to, he used to came through our academy. He's a mm. he's a Lewisham boy. Um, yeah. I know a couple of lads that come through with him um, at the academy. Not, none of them ever made it, um, and he hates Millwall because we let him go without giving him a go. And mm. he apparently said that he would never ever re-signed for Millwall. I thought I thought that, yeah. Beggars, I I, beggars, yeah. beggars can't be choosers on deadline. <laughs> uh, I, just, I can see it. See it. Yeah. We, we also can't be choosers and he won't be a choosers. Like, we don't want you and you don't want to come to us. But we need someone. <laughs> but if he does come, can you, can you imagine <laughs> that kind of bit of speed, what it would be like? Well, no, we, won't, we won't be charting his, his name. If uh, they score, we might give a, a polite little clap. But, you know, <laughs> <it's still laughs> I just think um, we're going to struggle to find the name that we need, to be honest. I, I, I hope Keenan Davis is the name. What, like what about everyone says the, it. Um, what about the ex Swansea, um, ex Portsmouth guy we, we're linked up with? What's his name? Jamal Lowe? Jamal Lowe. Uh, yeah. Again, I, I mean, know he's one that Chris fans as well, doesn't he, from, from, from the past? Well, it's like not too hasty. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, he, again, I think he can do, he could be a good fit for us. Again, he, he's a bit pacey. Um, he can run with the ball. He knows what back of the back of the net is. He works mm. hard. Um, you know, he he could be a, a good fit for us. I think. You know, again, I think he's is he available at the moment. I, I don't know whether he's available on the free or not, but I think he's definitely uh, available for transfer. For, he's for still at right. Bournemouth, yeah. So he's still there. They signed him start mm. of last season, didn't they? I think so. Yeah, he's still around there. So 
don't know. What about someone like Junior Stanislas is still on the books at Bournemouth? He came on the other day. Ex-West Ham, though, so I don't think we'd go there. But mm. these are the he sort of names when... Three if you want to start throwing out, like... Yeah. Bernard, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think it, we are scraping the barrel a bit. Hopefully something happens where a club signs someone and they don't need them anymore and we can loan them on yeah. a cheap or something. That's the kind... That's, that's really what's going to happen. I don't, that's why I don't mm. see anything kicking off now, more so towards the end of the window, where... Like I said, mm. for it, Forest might flex their purse strings or Villa might try and get someone and they want to loan Cameron Archer out on loan who was at Preston last year. This is where that well, sort they, of stuff well, happens. Exactly. They may want to just release some players just to kind of um, create more uh, space for wages, you know, mm. and, and you're right, this, this could be a good thing for us. We can leave it, it's a risky game, but if we can leave it sort of late as possible, we might be able to get a couple of gems, you know, a couple of good, mm. good steals. Just got to sit tight, I think, haven't we, Chris? Yeah, I mean, I... I just, I don't want us to end up with someone like Ipiazu or um, like a Jordan Hugill. They're players that are getting on the benches of Norwich and, and Borough. And <coughs> Zahor's your... still at West Brom. Zahor's still at West Brom. Zahor, well, yeah. He's just, still there, is he? He's a god. I want us to Watch make a, bit of a statement signing. And I yeah. don't know how much money we got left. Um, we need obviously... to. I mean, whether, whether we... We want to. I think we just need to. We need to have a big player. We can't just get a squad-type player to come. We need somebody who's a first-team player. We need someone who's going to, going to move Bradshaw and a phobia out of the way and say, no, I'm, I'm the main man here. I'm coming here to score goals, make a difference. We can't be bringing players in of an average level uh, that's just going to act as a squad player for us because our our best team or our best forwards, I don't think it's quite enough of where we need to be. I mean, Bradshaw and uh, have done well last season, towards the end of last season, but if we want to be challenging for that top six, we do need someone who's going to score more more often than, than these guys are and and challenge them for that for their position, you know. Um what do you make of that that, that Shane Lavery guy at Blackpool? Yeah. Do you yeah, see much of him in the past? I can't I think I remember seeing him last year play against us and he's just busy. He was up front with Medine. Mm. And I think it was the game we lost one 0 up there, and you know he's he's he run he's quite a nippy kind of forward. So I, I don't know where he fits into the plans. To be honest, I, I, I don't know. It's a hard one to nail down. I, I think we'll struggle to attract the names we want. To be honest with you, I do feel that a little bit. Mm. I mean, I was going to say I've not seen much of him, but I don't know if Chris you have any library. But also Harry McCurdy is that ship sailed? Do we think, boys? Is he is that a name that's gone now, or is it risky to pick up a league two forward now and throw him in at championship level? What's the kind of deal we're thinking here? I think there's um, Ryan Hardy, I think, as well at Plymouth, is, is a name that, that's mm. sort of been touted around and, <laughs> and things. These, um, these are the gambles, though, aren't they? Like to your point, that these are these are these are players that will be stepping up two leagues. Um, well, a bit, bit like Lee Gregory, wasn't it, Chris, when he was at Halifax? We have it, had success it, with these players, that's what I was sort of coming to. We, we have, yeah. um, McCurdy has got a bit of. Um, Millwall Batman, should we say, in terms of the way he goes about playing football. He's, he's apparently a bit of a nasty piece of work, which, hmm. you know. Um, I, I personally would prefer to, if, if possible, to bring in someone who is more established at this level, um, but maybe complement that with taking a bit of a gamble on one of the sort of League Two players. That would be my preference. So like a mm -hmm. Keenan Davis and a Harry McCurdy. I mean, whether we end up with two... Um, and I also really like the look of Dembele at Bournemouth. So he, he's not a striker per se. He's probably someone that you'd play in a 10 or if you was to play three up top, he'd probably play wide. 
Um, but he's a player that I know we've been interested in before, but have always priced out of a move. He had a big money move to uh, Bournemouth and then he basically was a bit part player in the last year when he got promoted and now he's been told he can look for another club. Um, I just think there'll be other clubs with more money, you know, um, that, that can mm. afford these players. Hull have got loads of money. Middlesbrough have now got loads of money. Blackburn will end up sending selling Barrett and Diaz and they'll have loads of money. So there'll be other mm. clubs that I think will be from a money perspective ahead mm. of us, which is going to be a challenge. Dembele, I remember him playing a blind against us just before Christmas last year for Peterborough when they've done us 2-0 as well. And he looks the handful, like you say there. So, yeah, yeah it'd be interesting who we end up with. I, I do think we'll have to sit tight and be patient. I know they said at the start of the week they want to get one in before Saturday. If they do that, I'll be surprised, to be honest. I think sit tight, wait for the domino effect to start off in, in the high divisions and see where we go with it, I suppose. Um, Joe, is anything else you want to add, mate, before we end today's show? Um, not really. I mean, I'm just yeah. So looking forward to the game um, on Saturday. I don't know why because obviously the players, <laughs> you know, we've got available to us at the moment. And um, after the performance of last week, um, there's not a lot to be too excited about. But I'm optimistic. I'm hoping that we're going to turn our, our you know our performance round on, on Saturday. Um, we're playing in front of a home crowd again. Um, it's going to be a hot hot day, <laughs> and uh, you can just imagine the the, the fans. You know, getting on the players' back for not working hard enough or not pressing hard enough. In Jesus Christ, it'll be like 35, 36 degrees. Um, so I hope they don't give them too much of a hard time. I hope they get behind them and support them. But I'm looking forward to seeing Honeyman back. I'm hoping he can um, galvanise um, the rest of them and kind of, kind of keep everyone kind of working hard and, and, and pressing like he does. And um, yeah, let's, let's hope for a, for a better performance and hopefully a result that we, we desperately need to kind of get us back in the, uh, the right direction. Fingers crossed, mate. Chris, anything you want to add, mate? Thanks for coming, as always. Um, no, I really enjoyed the chat. Again, gents, really, really enjoyed it. Looking forward to Saturday. I've kind of sort of forgotten about the the the, the Sheffield United and sort of put that to the back of the mind. Um, I think the next few weeks for the club are going to be crucial in terms of the business we 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 uh we go ahead with. Um, and I'm confident that the club know the areas that we need. To that, I think that was evident from what came out of the fans for. I wasn't there, but I've, I've sort of heard bits and bobs. I think they know what we need to do, and it's just now about doing it. And I think if we can do the business we need, um, I think we'll be all right. But um, mm. yeah, looking forward to the uh, the sweat fest on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> can I just say one, one thing, um, guys, uh, people listening, we're, we're probably going to be at the, the blue bus before the game. On uh, on Saturday, mm-hmm. so um, if ever you fancy sort of you know, coming over and say hello and having a chat and talking talking meal with us, yeah, you know, we're, we're there. Don't be afraid to come over and say hello uh, because kind of get your views and, and have a quick chat with you, have a quick pint with you before the uh, the game starts. So um, yeah, looking forward to it. And even might have a, a German sausage. Hey, hey Omar, that's it, mate. Joe's getting the round in by the sounds of it as well. Mickey's credit card. That's it, the, the, the podcast credit card, which is yet to come into my hands yet, but Mickey's going to pay for it all, so that's all right. Thanks for joining me, guys. And um, guys, thanks for listening thanks, as well. Mate. So um, that's all right, no worries. And uh, we'll be back hopefully on Monday to, to talk about three points against Coventry. Uh, if you're new around here, be sure to like the video, subscribe if you're new, and check out on our socials at that mode pods. And we'll be back on Monday. Goodbye. <laughs>
Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Okay, so this bike says she is struggling with her place in the motorcycle community. Well, she says she hasn't peaked yet, but she's having a little epiphany, okay? Oh, that maybe life itself is the peak. Hmm, interesting. In my experience, I found that... Oh, so I just translate. Not allowed to have opinions. Got it. Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Here's the lowdown on lowering bad cholesterol from Lecvio. Lowering bad cholesterol is hard, but you could do hard. You live through five fad diets, 11 sleep training nights, nine mediocre middle school recitals, one heart attack, and with Lecvio, you can lower your bad cholesterol and keep it low with two doses a year after two starter doses. Prescription Lecvio in glycerin is given by a doctor for people with known heart disease on a statin with diet who need more help lowering bad cholesterol. Common side effects were injection site reaction, joint pain, urinary tract infection, diarrhea, chest cold, pain in legs or arms, and shortness of breath. Results may vary. Learn more at Lecvio.com. Or call 1-833-537-8462. Ask your doctor about Lecvio. That's L-E-Q-V-I-O. Lower. Longer. Lecvio. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.